0: Thanks to CrowdHealth for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. CrowdHealth is a community of people who are tired of paying for a broken system. Get your first month free plus the fitness wearable. Just go to CrowdHealth.com fit and enter code dreamjob at sign up. Also thanks to Ignite. Ransomware can come for any company in any industry. Ignite is the first ever file system with sophisticated ransomware detection and recovery tools fully baked in. Learn more about how Ignite can protect your business from ransomware. Start your free trial today at egnyte.com. Also, thanks to Beanbox. Beanbox connects coffee lovers to some of the world's best specialty coffees with expertly curated tasting flights, perfect for gifting. Give the coffee fanatic in your life an unforgettable coffee tasting experience with Beanbox. Order today at beanbox.com dreamjob15 and get 15% off purchases of $40 or more. And thanks to Ted Business. Ted Business is a podcast that presents the most powerful and surprising ideas that illuminate the business world. Listen to Ted Business from the Ted Audio Collective on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Hi guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I am so thrilled because one of my best friends in the world, Susie Moore, is back again today. She is like Tinkerbell. She is one of the few people in this world who I can truly say that everywhere she goes, it lights up like Christmas lights because her energy is so sincerely and purely good and her life force is so beautiful that i feel like everybody around her just feels this goodness and this glow like ah oh, you know you've just been Suzy'd. now you feel now you feel so good so she's back And if you don't know her, she is a life coach, she's an author, she's an advice columnist for some of the world's biggest media outlets like Oprah Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Good Morning America. She's written some amazing books like What If It Does Work Out and Stop Checking Your Likes. And I'm so proud of her because she has a new book that just came out this week and it's called Let It Be Easy, Simple Ways to Stop Stressing and Start Living. In this book, Susie helps you remove yourself from imposed pressure and worrying and helps you dissolve perfectionism and self-criticism and helps you really make life so much more wonderful. So we're going to get into a lot of this in our conversation today. There's just honestly no better person to learn this from. Susie really is like no one else. And if you want even more of Susie, well, Susie and I are going to be live on Zoom tomorrow, November 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're doing a bonus coaching call. If you want to come on over. All you have to do is go buy Susie's book at letitbeeasy.com slash Kathy. And there's a button there where you can claim your bonus. And if you don't, for some reason, get the Zoom link sent to you, you can just DM me at Kathy.Heller. We'll make sure that we give you the Zoom link. So we're so excited to hang out with you tomorrow on Zoom. DM me if you want the details at Kathy.Heller on Instagram, go to letitbeeasy.com slash Kathy, and you can grab the book but we would love to be with you tomorrow. We'll be answering questions and doing some coaching. It's going to be fun. Let's get into this amazing conversation. Without further ado, please welcome the delightful, amazing, sensational Susie Moore.
1: Susie Moore, I'm (laughs) so happy you're here. Welcome back. (laughs) Kathy, I'm so lucky. I think this is my third time on your podcast. I'm so blessed. I'll take any minute with you that I can. So thank you so much. So you wrote this new book called Let It Be Easy. And I really think it's a book that should be
0: required reading. I think everyone should read this book because Mm. I do think that we're missing this precious gift, which is our life. Mm. So tell us why you wanted people to read it, what you want them to walk away
1: with. Oh, well, you know, let it be easy. You know, as you know, Kathy, when I grew up, I lived in shelters, right? Domestic abuse shelters, constantly moving, addiction in my family, abuse. I mean, the police were at my house. There was a lot of chaos and unpredictability. And when I was growing up, I thought to myself, okay, this is now, right? Like I'm a kid, I'm not in control. I saw my mom struggle. I saw my dad struggle. And so I thought, you know, when I when I grow up and I see like these women on TV, I'm going to like wear a pencil skirt and I'm going to make money in, in, a, in a great job. And I'm going to marry a normal man who I live with in one house. And it's going to be normal and I'm going to be relaxed and it's going to be easy. Right. That was kind of always my idea. And then I did manage to create that, right? So like, you know, moved to America, got married, have a great husband. By the age of 30, I was making half a million dollars working in tech in the Silicon Valley world, but it still wasn't easy. It was a different type of heart that I was experiencing, like low-level anxiety, putting a lot of pressure on myself, wanting to control things. And I remember thinking... When do I get to stretch my legs exactly? Like, when do I get to actually kick back? Because it certainly wasn't back then. And if I've done all the things and like, tick, 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 got the things that I thought I needed in order to have an easier, more settled, relaxed life, like, where is it? (laughs) where is it and that's why I just really became obsessed with like understanding what it means to really live a good life and to understand that ease is really just a skill like any other but no one teaches it and no one represents it everyone will tell you the opposite life is hard this is suffering having being married is hard being single is hard having kids is hard not having kids is hard making money is hard not having money is hard everything is represented as hard. And I just call it insanity. And that's not how I choose to live.
0: Oh, and you are really the only person I can think of who is a representation of true, true, letting it feel good. Mm -hmm. You haven't had this easy street life by any stretch Mm -hmm. and you really get what's up. You really understand the high stakes. You really understand the full range of the human experience It's Mm -hmm. so integrated. It's so honest. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of what Gay Hendricks said when he was here how, at the end of the day, like it really is about our capacity to receive. Mm -hmm. And I asked Gary Zukov a similar question and he said, Oh, it's just really this whole muscle around receiving. Mm -hmm. And so when you just said, like, this is hard, that's hard, this is hard, that's hard, there must be a payoff, right? There must be a payoff. And that's probably some form of protection. Mm -hmm. Why it's got to be a little stressful. We got to make it harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. What is that
1: really about? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love this question. I mean, first of all, I think that, like, as you said, no one models ease. No one, no one ever says to you, or you're very lucky if someone ever says to you, go for it. That's possible. Like that's going to be easy for you. There'll be work that you have to do. There'll be challenges and obstacles. Yes. But if, if your desire is there, then the mechanics of its fulfillment is within you. Like that is the truth, first of all. Right. But we just see everyone sweating and struggling and feeling virtue about their sweating and struggling. And then we, it's so easy to think that in order to achieve anything great. It requires your your stress, right? Your pain. And it's almost as if, if you kind of look at ease as something that's always actually around you, always surrounds you. It's it's something that shows up like a small miracle. Every time you just remember to tune into it, you don't even have to choose it or create it. It's just always there. <laughs> and you, you just look at life with a, huh, like how serious is this? How, how serious is the stress that I'm feeling? Maybe this is just very habitual for me to wake up and look at all the things that I have to do with this heavy feeling. And it's almost scary to think, who could I be without that stress? So much of that imagined stress and to be happy, to really be happy and to allow joy to its maximum. It takes courage right? It takes no courage to be cynical. It takes no courage to be really hard on yourself and to be hard on others, but to go, well, wow, my life's good. You know, apart from maybe what I'm thinking and believing that's causing stress, everything around me is actually really quite good. I mean, am I going to allow myself to enjoy this? That requires some self-love. It requires some presence. It requires some wisdom, right? Because no one can do this for you. I mean, people can give you affirmations and all sorts of tools, but it's like, are you going to allow yourself to be happy? And being happy can be scary sometimes because we don't want to lose our happiness. And if we feel happy, maybe we think we won't hustle hard or we won't, you know, we'll become so chill (laughs) that we'll stop being ambitious. It's simply not true because when you remove stress, so much imagined stress from the equation, you also just become more creative and things can flow to you. It opens up different, you know, centers of the brain that allows you to have better ideas also receiving. Um, and I think that that can be very uncomfortable when we're so used to doing the opposite.
0: hundred percent. It reminds me of Brene Brown's work around joy and how it's the scariest, most vulnerable feeling. Mm-hmm. When you first hear her say that you're like, That doesn't sound right. It sounds like she should be saying that jealousy or fear or whatever self-doubt is the the scariest feeling. And actually it turns out it's joy because of that vulnerability. As she's saying, it correlates with vulnerability. And then what happens is within like eight or nine seconds of fully dropping into a feeling of joy, there is a foreboding. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Why did I let myself totally let go just now and receive this moment? Now I'm worried what's happening to my husband on that next business trip. Now I'm worried something's going to come along and and ruin this new amazing position of this job or some that's what we do and so then we go back into having a little low level or a or a high level of stress to keep us from feeling that vulnerability.
1: And it can feel like That's helpful because we're then somehow controlling something or that, you know, if we have anxiety about it or if we're, you know, even, you know, making moves to control others and to prevent things from happening that are really outside of our control. Sometimes I think we trick ourselves into thinking that that's beneficial, but it's not. (laughs) <laughs> like, but it, it, like truly, it's not. I remember, and I opened the book by sharing how Heath, my husband, who you know, wanted to leave me. I was so difficult. I wanted to control him. I wanted to control our weekends. I had opinions on everything. I knew the right way to do things. I definitely knew the wrong way to do things, and it was my job <laughs> to make it very clear to be general manager of the universe, and that would only result. I mean, if I kept going that way, that would only have resulted in a huge loss for me and a lot of additional stress in my life, unless I checked it, questioned it. I mean, you know, Einstein said an unexamined life isn't worth living, right? So we need to examine, like, what is it that we're thinking? What are we believing? Is it helpful? Is it true? Is it causing unnecessary stress? And in so many cases it is, and it's heartbreaking because it's unnecessary. But I feel like this isn't something that comes into our consciousness. People will go, yeah, success. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Abundance. But like, what about the ease of it? too. Like, what about it just being something that's meant to happen for you? Like, it's just kind of meant we're all here. No one asked to be here at this time, but we're here now. There are no accidents. And it's not because we're being tested, right? It's not because there's some force that wants us to do right, or there'll be trouble later. It's to enjoy ourselves and to make our contribution. And what you just said, it was so beautiful. So
0: it's really courageous because People don't like to start their book with, here's something that was less than ideal that was happening in my life. But if you're listening to this right now and you related to that, I want you to DM me or you can DM Susie on Instagram because I could raise my hand and say, absolutely, that's been an ongoing struggle in my marriage is trying to control everything. And I don't even like who I am when I'm that obsessed with every detail and how we're spending every day. And why can't he just choose what we're going to do with the kids on a Saturday? Why do I have to keep...
1: Mm -hmm. going
0: into that role. So I I do understand that. And I I think what you just said about the beliefs thing, and this is what we're going to kind of go into now in your book, Let It Be Easy, which is again, required reading. Um, And by the way, I'm going to mention this at the end of the show, but if you do go ahead and get Susie's book, which you just should get, you'll love it. It'll just make you feel like you're floating on a cloud. If you buy it, we're going to do a call with everybody who buys the book um, in just a few weeks and just a free get together, a little Q&A, a little coaching on the spot. It'd be really fun. But as far as what you talk about in this book, I think one of the biggest beliefs is this idea that in order to have the good life, Mm -hmm. in order to have success, in order to have this, the house with the wraparound porch and the 3.2 kids and whatever it is, there is a lot of grinding and hustling and exhaustion and sacrifice And my friend, Susie Moore, you might know her. uh, She does not live that way. You're the only person I know who takes yourself to lunch regularly, Mm -hmm. buys yourself a beautiful handbag with a little thank you note from yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Spends more time walking Mm -hmm. the beach than you do checking email. Mm -hmm. And the world is your oyster. Anyone who knows you, anyone who is witness to your work feels immediately pulled into a vortex that is this shimmery, beautiful love and goodness. So tell us about how all the ways we've been prescribed to mm-hmm. get the goals to achieve this beautiful <laughs> life at El <all> costs. <laughs> tell us how that is in fact, not necessarily so, Mm -hmm. And what instead are some of the things that you implement, the advice that we can implement that's in your book
1: that is quite on the contrary? Mm. You're right. Everyone teaches us. And we learn that in, in order to create the life that we want, there is a lot of sacrifice, right? There is just a lot of, you know, emotion. There is a lot of negative experience. You will have to, you know, give up sleep. You'll have to compromise on certain things like, and look, that's not to say, right? Because sometimes people say to me, oh, let it be easy. Doesn't that mean you just sit on the sofa and let things happen? It's not that right? I still take a lot of action, right? And letting it be easy is just, is is doing the same actions you would if you were stressed, just minus the like brick rucksack on your back that's weighing you down. And when I, I, I love to read autobiographies and to study very successful people, especially when they have very, you know, different and varied backgrounds. And I, one thing that I've noticed when I've observed people who I love to just follow is their best moments, their best creative ideas, their best inventions happen when they're having fun. Like, I remember even listening to Taylor Swift. She said that she was eating cereal on her bed with her friend and they were talking about their <laughs> ex boyfriends, you know, and then she's like, Taylor Swift said, I knew he was trouble when he walked in. Oh, and, god. Uh, <laughs> and then her friend's like, that's got to be in your, in a song. And she's like, let's call it that. You know, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. And imagine if Taylor Swift was there going, I've got to come up with a great song lyric right now by 10 a.m. because I've got something else at 11 and, and then I can't miss this. I'm so rigid. Like, where's the space? Like, where's the magic? Like, where's the room for the muse? Yeah. <laughs> And I remember I listened to an interview with Kate Moss a long time ago in the UK. She was everything for a long period. And she said when she was growing up, before she was a model, her mom said, what do you want to do, Kate? You're always, you know, you know, pie in the sky. And she's like, I just want to have fun all the time. And her mom's like, you can't just have fun all the time. And she's like, why not? Why can't I have fun all the time? And then she's like, and then this modeling thing came up and I just get to walk up and down a thing with my friends (laughs) all the time. And look, it's not to say Taylor Swift is working hard. Kate Moss works hard. These people are working, you know, they're doing the, they're doing the stuff behind the scenes, but they're doing it differently. The way that I look at it, Kathy is like they're in on the joke because we can do all the things and hustle and yes, get results. But if we're not enjoying ourselves ourselves, I just feel like the joke's on us. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, oh, oh, like that whole experience. Like that was the point. It wasn't to make it through life unscathed, to make it through life without criticism, to, uh, to hold back on something or to not mess up. It's like, am I like day to day? Like this moment is our life, right? Like today, this moment right now, it's our life. And there's never actually a stage that I mean, going back to how everyone tells you everything's so hard, and, you know, like, for example, you've got three great girls. People will tell you newborns are hard. Toddlers are hard. Oh, teenagers, they're the worst. <laughs> when do you get to enjoy your kids? Like if yes. you're always in the worst stage. And I remember, um, I was reading this very famous, I think he's the number one footballer in the world. He said, when you're starting out as a footballer, he's like, no one respects you when you're at the bottom, right? You're brand new. When you're in the middle, everyone ignores you, right? Cause you're just in the middle. He's like, when you're at the top, everyone comes after you. Right. And when you're at the top, top, because he's at the top, top, he's like, you're terrified of losing it. Mm. So I'm like, where then? Where exactly do you start letting it be fun? <laughs> and letting it be easy, like, where at what stage are you going to go? Wow, look at me, look at this, look at you know, I get to play this sport. Never, because there's always like something to worry about if you buy into that way of thinking, which you don't have to because it is absurd when you when you just sit for a moment and question it. And I would say, don't even listen to me. Just think about that. <laughs> like, just think about that and see if it's true for you that that is absurdity. And. The, the sad thing is, this is how a lot of us live. I mean, I certainly was living that way for a long time until I was conscious enough to know like, uh-uh, the joke is on me if I'm so stressed out I'm doing so many things to like make my life good, but it's actually causing me more trouble than anything else.
0: I mean, I feel like every single person needs to rewind that and play that every single day for yourself. And we were talking uh, on the phone the other day, and I mentioned to you that I just interviewed Bronnie Ware, who wrote The Five Big <sighs> of the Dying. And she said, you know, being a hospice nurse for nine years, sitting with people in their last moments, Mm -hmm. eventually she felt she had to write something about what she saw. And there, there was this pattern that was exactly what you're talking about, where people just had tremendous regret around, I didn't actually let myself have more fun. Mm -hmm. and. Instead of doing the things I wanted to do, I thought things like, well, what would the neighbors say when you really take that in? What would the neighbors say? And now you're 91 mm. and there's nothing you can do about it. And did those neighbors really care that much? And did, did it matter that much what they said anyway, even if they cared, well, even if they moved because of what you were doing Well, you dyed your hair blue and they couldn't, oh, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> whatever it is, but this, I didn't let myself have more fun. And she also said that when people were in those moments, they missed having connected and staying connected with their friends Mm -hmm. because those were the relationships where they just got to be this unleashed unabashed version of themselves, right? There wasn't someone with an expectation. And so it really goes back to what you're saying Mm -hmm. And I want you now to show us a little behind the curtain of how you do indeed live your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the things you talk about in the book, Mm -hmm. like taking yourself to lunch, what -hmm. are some of the things that we can start doing, start Mm -hmm. practicing, start thinking some behaviors Mm -hmm. that will actually change this feeling of, I get to the week, the end of the week, and it's, it's really been a whole bunch of stress.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: instead letting it feel good and letting it be easier
1: it always makes me sad when someone says you know it's almost the weekend like living for the weekend isn't any way to live I mean two days out of seven I mean you want to live your life waiting for the weekend I mean that's already tragic like tragic and there I mean I think the self-care movement has missed the mark right like we've been telling women everywhere balance and bubble baths and that you know, spa days. And look, those things are nice. Sure. Like if if they make you happy, good. Right. But it's even simpler than that. Like it's even more available where you are right now with what you have without anything changing, without you buying anything, without anything being required externally. The best thing that I do is whenever I feel stress coming on, right? And so you can almost like you can see the email in the inbox, something's bad news, right? There's an unwanted outcome, there's a mean comment, and then you can feel that like wave almost like hit you. And you know that unless there's some type of interrupt or something conscious that comes in from you, that can become a spiral of I suck, life sucks, my life's over, nothing is safe, I hate this. I want to go away and live in the woods, (laughs) like, and not talk to anybody ever again. Like we can, like that, that little piece of energy that we give our stress, right. Can become this huge momentum, right. That just snowballs. So whenever I feel that stress coming on and look, it happens, right. Things don't always go your way. Bad things do happen. You know, bad things happen. Right. So I have three questions that I ask, and these are, so life changing, right? They're simple and very powerful. So, if something happens, right? Something external, like a stimuli, we call it unwanted, that feels like it's going to create stress and something's bad and unsafe, right? That's going on right now. My first question, and like this, you want to do this as soon as possible, right? You don't want to wait till the next day because you've had a whole day of suffering, right? Or a whole day of talking out the problem and focusing on the problem. And we know what we focus on expands. Da, 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 da. So, before it snowballs, you want to like interrupt it immediately. And the first question is, how serious is this really, right? Because the way that our brain is wired, right? We know this, Kathy, we perceive everything as a physical threat. The body, the primitive part of the brain will see an email, right? Or a mean comment. And it will, that's why we have these somatic symptoms, right? Like our heart can race. We have tunnel vision. We have racing thoughts, you know, it's like, oh, our body feels like we're physically under threat, And no wonder we're so stressed out. I used to be on high blood pressure medication. I would take everything so like seriously. And I'm like, okay, how serious is this really? With the exception of maybe something urgent with your children or something to do with like, you know, physical safety, very little is serious. (laughs) And truly, I mean, this is a point of celebration. (laughs) All right. Very little is serious. There's a delay. Someone doesn't like you, da, 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 da. like whatever it may be. How serious is this really? And like really three deep breaths interrupt to stop that physical response, which is like the panic, panic, panic. Yeah. You know, I need to shut down. So f- number one, how serious is this really? Secondly, because there will be an action required You know, in most cases, what's essential here? Like what's essential here? Because often we'll think there are 3 million things that I have to do right now and they have to be perfect and I have to stop this and, you know, whatever it may be, you'll start building up this big story and idea of like what has to happen. And maybe actually nothing needs to happen or a couple yeah. of small things need to happen based on what's essential. And then uh, my favorite question, number three, is like, how can I let it be easy? How can I let this next action and how I feel about this be easy? And this is a very self-loving place to live. And just one example that I have, which is small, but could feel threatening, right? I remember once, Kathy, someone said to me, email me saying, can we have your slides for tomorrow? meaning oh, really yeah. like PowerPoint slides. That <laughs> I, <laughs> this, never, this rarely happens to me because I'm so organized and reliable. Right. So I also took that as a <gasps> ding on my like, wow, I'm so pristine with how reliable I right. am. <laughs> and then, so I got this email about, you know, where are your slides? Oh, can we have your slides for tomorrow? I forgot I had the meeting. I did remember committing, but it was a while ago and I was slideless. Right. And so I had the panic, like, oh my gosh, what a mess up. I, this is so unprofessional. It's so right. da, 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 da. story, story, right? How serious is this really? Like truly some slight, if I died, if I got hit by a bus today, the event would still happen tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like how serious is this? Not that serious as an inconvenience, but not that serious. Secondly, what's essential here? They use my face and name in the marketing, right? So what's essential is just that I show up right? The only essential thing is me, my time, like for an hour and my honesty, just coming with an open heart and then, you know, letting it be easy. I was like, how can this be easy? I just said to the guy, "Um, why don't we just do a Q and A instead? you know, there's that way there's nothing for me to prepare. And he was like, he was like, most people don't like to do that. They like to have their prepared. And I was like, you know, I think this can be really fun and intimate and people can just ask what they want. We'll get to the good stuff immediately. And it turned out so well, but you can imagine the other way it could have gone. Like I could have killed myself creating slides, killed my designer, freaked out, berated myself, like thought like I'm such an idiot. I love myself too much to do that. Like, I'm not going to stay awake all night freaking out to do something. Like, I'm a human being. There was an oversight. It's okay. How serious is it? What's essential? How can it be made easy? So this can apply to so many things, big and small. And even just the first question itself, if that's all you remember from this, it can save you. It can save you in so many situations.
0: I mean, it's so incredible. And you and I had another conversation recently where I reached out to you and I said, Susie, I need to hear your perspective on this because... I know better than to feel down about this. And I, I would just love it if you would pour into me a little bit of your perspective. And the reason I'm asking you is because A, it's a good example of what you just said. And B, I posted something recently about this on Instagram, and it was more viral than anything else I've ever posted. And it was about accepting the fact that you will not be able to get everybody to like you. <sighs> And there will be people who don't, and it's so liberating. And the reason I'm talking about it is because I do think, and as we continue to talk about your book, I think one of the biggest things that inhibits us is constantly thinking like, what will people think, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Before you're about to do a slideshow, it's like, oh my God, how will this look if I don't have slides? And that's why I want to overdo it with the slides. And oh my God, what's he going to think of me? And oh my gosh, who am I going to let down? I want to be liked and I want to be I want to belong to everyone. And so I called Susie a couple weeks ago and I said, what do you do? Just remind me. Cause I'm sure this happens every once in a while where somebody <laughs> says something rude on your YouTube or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you said, and I'm going to give you a chance to then unpack it even more, but you said, Kathy, you said the problem isn't that it happens because it always will. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you think it shouldn't happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> that is such an easier way because it really goes back to allowing and mm-hmm. it's a total game changer. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there'll always be people who don't like you. Like welcome to life and having a human experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Say a little bit more about that. Cause I do think that that's one of the places where we really don't let it be easy. Mm -hmm. And I think it rules our life more than we think that it does.
1: Oh, yes. I've even learned over the years that we don't even fear failure, really. We know that if we went bankrupt or if if something went wrong, we know at our core that we're capable of bouncing back and figuring things out. But the judgment from others, like of our perceived failure, that's the kicker. right like that's the oh no like how could i run and hide and so then not juicy. let anyone? Yeah. yeah and this is why you know public takedown i mean we see it all the time right and it's really funny how we think right and this is truly i mean as human beings we we think that you know people should all accept us they should like us right and if we have an, an opi- if we have an opinion people should either agree with it or at least they should be silent <laughs> and say nothing and is that real? Like people need to uh, like us. They need to, they shouldn't say mean things. They shouldn't like try and do these teardowns. They shouldn't, you know, gang up on us and, you know, Uh, well, they always will. Right. This this is as old as time. There is nothing new here. And so the fact that this happens, right, and blessings bring persecution, right? If you're someone who has things going on, you've got an opinion, you're doing well at something, you know, that you are going to be persecuted. Like there'll be people who don't like it, who stand up against you. It, it's just to be expected and it will happen in perpetuity, right? So it's like, where is the let it be easy in that, right? It's the acceptance of it right? Because your resistance, right? Our resistance to it is where the suffering is, right? It's like, it's like, yeah, guess what? Someone says that I'm da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How serious is this really? I mean, if someone's coming to your house and threatening you, that's one thing, right? But I haven't heard of that yet. You know, yeah. it's like, People saying their business, having their opinion, you know, having a, a critical point of view, they're completely allowed. Like they are completely allowed. They'll continue to do it. It'll get worse the more successful you become or the more visible you become. And so what if there was just no resistance to it? Like absolutely none. I remember Wayne Dyer, he would say he'd agree with people. He would say, um, someone would say, <laughs> oh, like <laughs> they'd go, oh, Wayne, he's so boring. He's so da-da-da. And he's like, well, if you spoke to my ex-wife, he should agree with you. It was just like, in, in A Course in Miracles, it says, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. Hmm. So why do we need to defend ourselves and set everybody straight? That's the crazy part, <laughs> right? Not the criticism. It's like the resistance, the control, and the desire or to, to create something different or to force something different. Like, what if it's just okay with you and we can just let it be? It's so good, you guys, isn't
0: it? Aren't you? I know you all know Susie, but if you don't, you're now in love with her. I love everything about this conversation, but before we keep going, I just want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to TED Business for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Every Monday, host Motopay Akanula of Columbia Business School presents the most powerful and surprising ideas that illuminate the business world in the TED Business Podcast. Motopay is an experienced educator and business professional who has spent her career leading and advising global organizations on their strategic direction and leadership effectiveness. I love that after the talk, you also get a mini lesson from Motopay on how to apply the ideas in your own life, because it's important to implement what you learn into real life practice if you want to create actual change. Businesses evolve every day, and our ideas about it should too. They cover a range of topics like how to handle haters, set smart goals, and deal with burnout. Whatever your business conundrum, there's a TED Talk for it. I especially enjoyed their episode with actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt on how craving attention makes you less creative. I think so often we get caught up in the vanity numbers of how many followers we have and we end up taking ourselves out of the flow. So this was a great reminder that it's more powerful to practice empathy and pay attention instead of always trying to get attention. They have an amazing library of episodes with guests you're going to love like Adam Grant, Angela Duckworth. So definitely check it out. Listen to Ted Business from the Ted Audio Collective on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. I love giving gifts, but sometimes it's stressful to find that perfect present. If you've got any coffee drinkers on your holiday shopping list, which I bet you do, they're sure to love opening a coffee sampler from Beanbox. Beanbox connects coffee lovers to some of the world's best specialty coffees with expertly curated tasting flights, perfect for gifting. They even have tasting boxes featuring coffees paired with biscotti or chocolate that foodies will definitely enjoy. There's an endless variety of award-winning coffees handpicked by Beanbox's resident coffee expert, and every Beanbox order is roasted fresh and delivered at peak flavor. Beanbox's best-selling gift options are sure to please the coffee aficionado in your life. They'll even get tasting notes and brewing tips to help them make the most of the experience. Beanbox has an awesome coffee sampler gift subscription where you get four new expertly curated coffees to explore every month and you save when you give six months or more. What I love about Beanbox is that I get to try coffee from all around the world like Ethiopia, Guatemala, Vietnam. Recently, I've been sipping on the creme brulee coffee and it's such a perfect way to start my morning. The quality of all the blends I've tried so far has been off the chart, so I'm really looking forward to trying other coffee that they have. Give the coffee fanatic in your life an unforgettable coffee tasting experience with Beanbox. Order today at beanbox.com dreamjob15 and get 15% off purchases of $40 or more. That's 15% off purchases of $40 or more with promo code dreamjob15 at beanbox.com dreamjob15. There are so many juicy chapters in this book. I just want to go over a few of them because this is one you don't see very often. And I want to hear what you had to say about this. Okay. Success is very unsexy. Oh
1: yes. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, look at anybody who's achieved success in any area, right? Say, there's a really efficient, happy stay home parent, right? Or there is an athlete, or there is someone, yeah, who's created a business. We see like the cute kid pics, right? You know, a family photo sure. time, yeah. or we'll see like the gold medals, right? And that's what everyone's profile picture will be, right? Or we'll see like their launch numbers if that's what they share, or you know, all the kind of juicy bits. Everything that leads up to that is routine, routine, boring repetition behind the scenes. (laughs) Right. So like an athlete isn't waking up and like putting on a dress and like looking at their trophies and like, you know, hanging out with rock stars. Like they're getting up early, they're eating certain foods, they're going to like, you know, whatever their sport is for hours, practice, 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 The routine, when I was a nanny, my the children I looked after, it was just routine, routine, baths, this, nothing sexy about that behind the scenes, right? Running a business is like, look at my email open rates, looking at my conversions, looking at my ads, looking at my media, consistently pitching, like creating content, tech issues, fixing them. I think that we think that everyone else is having all the fun. (laughs) You know, but it's like success. There there are these unsexy steps that we all take. It's routine, but it's all leading somewhere. And that's where the ease and joy comes, right? Sometimes we're looking at what we have to do, right? And it's almost like we're looking at a road. We're looking at the uh, asphalt lines, right? We're looking so straight down versus looking at the vision of like, where's this all leading? Like, I have a beautiful dream for what it is I'm creating. Like that's my motivation. That's where I kind of, that's where I focus my energy and so yeah. much and flow, but it's like, know that you're not alone behind the scenes no. through all those boring, consistent things like success is repetition. Repetition isn't like, you know, the Grammy awards, but that's what gets you to the Grammy awards.
0: Yeah. If that's your goal. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to just enjoy those steps. Another thing that you talk about in the book, which comes up a lot in the conversations I have with my audience is imposter syndrome, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like this is a more contagious thing than COVID for sure. (laughs) And you say, if you don't feel like an imposter, Mm -hmm. are you really going for it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's wrong with imposter syndrome? Feeling uncomfortable because you're doing new things. Good for you. (laughs) like, you know, confidence is your willingness to be uncomfortable doing new things. You're not comfortable immediately. Like that wouldn't be natural. So if you're feeling uncomfortable and like, gosh, I'm not sure I'm ready for this high five. (laughs) Like, yes, good for you. And it's so interesting because people say, you know, fake it till you make it. I don't like that. But another way of looking at it is, you know, fake it until you become it. Right. So if I say, oh, I'm not a podcaster, right? Like I couldn't have a podcast. That's not what I do. And just say I did my first episode as a podcaster. I'd have imposter syndrome. I'd be like, am I doing it right? Uh, How do I compare to Kathy? He's got the best podcast in the world. Um, But then if I did two episodes, three, four, 10, 15, 20, am I then not just truthfully a podcaster? Right. right. And then the next, then there'd be something else, right? Eventually another goal. So I don't know why we feel that discomfort is so, so bad or that it's so it means something's wrong. It, like it's part of it. It's part of growth. And I know that if I don't feel at least a little bit uncomfortable with something all the time, whether it's work or if it's, you know, um changing something in my health, um, I think I'm probably coasting if I'm being very honest. Yeah. And self-help, in my opinion, is when we just start telling ourselves the truth and so what's wrong with being uncomfortable like it's to be expected if you want to do big things yeah 100
0: it's i used to take a class many classes at the ucla mindful awareness center and they were talking about how parents do this thing where they don't want their kids to be uncomfortable they want to you know Mm. take away the discomfort oh my kids we're going to be sitting in traffic i'll get them an ipad there's going to be a doctor's visit i'll just you know i'll bring toys to the appointment all this and that and then what happens is we don't understand our own capacity to tolerate being Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And like you said about people who won't like us, there will be days and there will be moments that are not pleasant. Mm -hmm. And it's really part of the process. But if we can make space for it, we realize we can actually turn toward it And maybe that's just part of this. And maybe it's actually not such a big deal. Maybe it doesn't have to be uncomfortable all the time. Maybe actually there's something juicy and interesting and actually something pleasant, even about being with yourself. You also talk in the book, you say, stop picturing success
1: Mm -hmm. and do this
0: instead. What's the do this?
1: Yes. Well, I think that probably, you know... (laughs) Those of us who've been in the self-help world or have followed coaches and so forth—it's you know historically it's quite bro-y, right? It's like the um, oh, yeah. ten steps, you know, so you know. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. You and want to make you- sixteen figures by Friday? <laughs> Do
1: this <laughs> thirty-one <And> then, figures, <laughs> or you'll see like, or, or you'll see like their, them with their Lamborghini, right? Or oh, yeah, private like, chat and people market how they will and present how they will and like bros are fun too i think they've got good ideas but you know (laughs) but you know it's like what does success look like people will tell you what it looks like you know they'll say you have a house like this and you have a family like this and you this is how you look and these are who your friends are and there's like this something that feels actually quite prescribed about that like this is it you you have it when and so I mean, such a better question to ask, and this is how you know that it's, you're telling the truth for you, because it's when we feel that we really know things, right? Because when we think we're other people a lot of the time, you know, what does success feel like to me? Like, what does it feel like? Yeah. It's it's such a it, it's such a gentle difference, just like one word change. Like what does it look like to what does it feel like? But success to me feels very unrushed, like I feel very relaxed, I feel certain, like this quiet certainty. I feel steady, I feel creative, I feel very loving towards myself and others. And I can tell you that, you know, energetically speaking, that's a high attraction energy. So it's not just like, get out there and like, where's your alarm clock? (laughs) You know, and like, work out, go to CrossFit. Like, oof, I don't even, I mean, for some people, you know, yeah, that works, but. It has to feel like. What does it feel like to you? And I think that we no one really asks us this, or we don't ask ourselves this question: What does success feel like to you? Yeah, like you can even start thinking like you know. Actually, speaking, is it you know? What does your What do your clothes feel like? What does your home feel like? What do your friendships feel like? You know, it's so unique, and that's what we're here to follow.
0: Yeah, and often I love this because people are asking that question: What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And. Mm-hmm. I'm often saying, why don't we ask a different question, which is who am I supposed to be? And to go back to the beginning of this conversation, instead of the hustling and the grinding, it's amazing how you can collapse time and space, mm-hmm. You can literally manifest, receive whatever word you want to actualize, live into the experiences that you're dreaming of when instead of working on the to do's as much as you think you need to, Mm -hmm. you are really bringing a certain resonance into the world, your energy, as you, as you type an email, as you walk down the street, as you speak to your friends, as you snap a selfie, when the frequency, when the vibration changes, when there's a resonance Mm -hmm. that has something to it, that starts to feel more expansive, Mm -hmm. you will invite, you will unlock
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the hardest locks that you could never pick with what you were doing.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing to look back in your history and because we all have a history with the universe, you know, to look back and go, what did success feel like in my happiest moments? And there are so many clues, right? Yeah. Like, it's Great not like, question. let me, not like, let me get, you know, figure this out. And like, what does it feel like to me and make this a hard thing? It's like, when have you felt your best? like when have you felt like alive and in the moment and just like your timing is good and you just feel connected and you you, there's just real no resistance in your body I mean that's how you can feel that's how you have felt before and so what like what was happening like there is so much information there and it's like
0: such a phenomenal question I think everybody who's listening I want you to ask yourself that when did you last feel that way like How did it feel? Where were you? I think about it. And what comes to mind is a lot of feminine type feelings, like being at Blackberry mountain and feeling Mm. the soft, Mm. gentle, enjoying myself. I think about my 40th birthday party, just letting all these people throw this party, which I was so hell bent on doing it myself Mm -hmm. and then just letting it happen. And in and in in receiving it i felt so alive right so yeah it's an important thing because if your definition of success is something else let's mm-hmm. say that it didn't feel good why are we chasing that why are we chasing that
1: oh cuz you know we we have all the messages about, about like what things are and what things should be and it's just all i mean <laughs> you know this is something that i always it makes me laugh out loud it's like every idea of success or every kind of metric has was created by somebody else, right? And you're also a person who gets to create. And so whatever someone has said, whatever standards have been set, that was by someone just like you, you know, and so now you get to define for so your like the corner of the world that you touch it's entirely up to you and no one in history, no one who's set these kind of benchmarks, whatever they may look like um, they're not better than you like they're not smarter than you, they don't know more than you, they just kind of are maybe more resolute in how they you know in, in, in you know what they're thinking and how they're sharing that, but the power that we have is massive like whenever I Think about just the options that we have in our life. It's so, whenever we come back to the options that we have, when we feel stuck, we think that we're out of options and we don't really pay attention to what possibilities lay before us. Mm. And when you think about it, like we could live in any country, like we could do any work, like we can shut something else down, you know, do this, we could decide to spend our mornings doing this versus that. I mean, we have so much power. And I think sometimes we forget that. And it's a wonderful thing to remember, like, what, like, how much is really up to us. That's why it's
0: such an incredible gift to have you walking through this world, Susie Moore, because so often we reach for the highest branch that we can see and Mm -hmm. people model all of these fascinating behaviors. Like, no, no, no. By this age, you need to be married. Oh, no, no. You need to live in the same house for 30 years. Your kids must go to the same school. That's stability, that's success. No, no, no. That would be too all over the place or nobody does that. Or, and now what are you seeing in the pandemic in the, in the wake of it? You're seeing, oh, we're actually just getting an RV <laughs> around the world. Right? <laughs> Why did we ever think that that's not even allowed, right? Like mm-hmm. you could live in Paris three months of the year. You could <laughs> homeschool your kids, but those are not things that we often even know are on the table. But when we follow Susie Moore, and I want you all to be following her on Instagram. So you can just kind of like, drink in her energy every day, you will start to see how much more ease is here to choose. I have a few more things to ask you, but before we're just going to take a quick ad break how scary is this? All over the world, companies hit by ransomware attacks have their valuable digital files held hostage and are forced to decide whether to pay cyber criminals to get them back. And on average, it takes 23 days to recover. That's 23 days of disruption and headaches. Ransomware can come for any company in any industry, but small to mid-sized businesses get hurt the worst. They're usually less protected and take longer to recover, which can be devastating for any company. Ignite is the first ever file system with sophisticated ransomware detection and recovery tools fully baked in. It lets your teams create and share documents in Microsoft 365, Google Docs, Slack, Salesforce, DocuSign, and countless others while keeping your company's data safe. My business is pretty much all online, so it's important for me to make sure that my information is secure. I can't imagine how stressed out I would be if somebody hacked into our accounts. I love that Ignite is really easy to use and it just runs in the background, so my team can focus on the work that needs to be done. Ignite gives companies with limited IT and security staff the power of much larger teams. You're going to know exactly where key documents are and who has access, and it automatically detects more than 2,000 ransomware variants and will flag unusual behaviors. Plus there's no on-site hardware or software needed. You can shut down compromised accounts and quickly identify and restore encrypted files all from a single cloud-based platform. And if ransomware does sneak through, you can restore your files fast and be back up and running in hours, not days, without having to pay those bad guys even one penny. Learn more about how Ignite can protect your business from ransomware. You can start your free trial today at EGNYTE.com. That's EGNYTE.com. For many people in the U.S. that are looking for affordable healthcare, it really seems like there are no good options. You either go uninsured or you pay for crazy high deductible plans with questionable coverage, all because of a broken health insurance system. That's why I want to tell you about Crowd Health. Crowd Health isn't health insurance. It's a better way to pay medical expenses. With Crowd Health, you can get a simple, flexible, and affordable way to pay for your healthcare, save hundreds of dollars every month and put thousands of dollars back in your pocket. It's super flexible, so you can be part of their membership as a monthly subscription and start or stop whenever it's convenient for you. It's simple and transparent pricing that's customized to fit your needs, and with their app, you can find nearly any doctor in the country ranked from one star to five stars. They also make it really easy to scan bills and throw them away. Crowd Health will take it from there. All you have to do is press a button to receive virtual care anytime, anywhere. CrowdHealth is able to offer amazing prices because of their community of health conscious members, but for a limited time, my listeners get their first month free and after you've been a member crowd health will include a fitness wearable that's 30 days to try risk free plus the fitness wearable just go to joincrowdhealth.com/fit and enter code dreamjob at signup that's joincrowdhealth.com/fit promo code dreamjob crowd health is not health insurance it's a community powered alternative terms and conditions may apply so a couple more things you said something in the book that nobody says which is <laughs> the pursuit of happiness is
1: miserable yes and well, what does that mean oh yes it's like you know when something feels elusive and it's just around the corner and uh-huh. you know, wow. <laughs> it's like oh wait but I'm not that thin yet like or there's something you know or well look I you know I've reached this level but there's like there's one more or you know I've gotten a lot of praise but I need praise from that one particular person you know it has to be exactly from her at the right <laughs> time it's like the pursuit of that is like live Abraham said this most people are trying to pursue a happy life but life is just a string of happy moments and we completely miss it because we're just in this desperate like search for a happy life <laughs> you know and like happiness is you know laughing in the car right or having an idea and then like following through on that doing something spontaneous you know I'm telling someone that you love them I mean the joy is now like we learn about presence we hear about it And, you know, sometimes we're like, yeah, 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 presence, breath work. Yes, all those things are helpful, but I feel like it's just even simpler, just expecting the moment to be good. And in any situation, just knowing that, Anything that's lacking is just something that you're not giving, something that you're not bringing or something that you're not allowing in. And this is in difficult situations too. In the book, I talk about divorce. I talk about grief. I talk about loss. It's honest. It's honest. Like in life, these things happen. Like They happen to all of us after a certain yeah. period. So like, what is it that like, how else could, like, how can we be loving? Our contribution is the the energy in which we bring to it. That, in my opinion, is the most generous way to live too. Because when you're happy, when you're an example of someone who's, yeah, achieving things and doing cool things in the world, but also having a good time and not being hard on yourself and not criticizing yourself and not being so quick to jump to things that are going wrong or what you've done wrong, like, wow, like what a, uh, who is she? Like, who does she think she is? (laughs) And it's like someone who's living their life really unconcerned. With who, (laughs) who and what you think she may be, you know? So I feel like when we can just allow happy moments right expect them and like be be present fully like i mean i remember one time i was at the beach and it was this is in, in europe and it was those you know the small italian beaches there are very few chairs and this is in my before stage before i let anything be easy i got there early got these chairs i was stressed out heath was late i was miserable i thought we could have got better chairs it was just this kind of i was stressed out on my day at the beach right and my only goal was to have fun but i thought to have fun i needed the perfect seat at the perfect time etc cetera, etc cetera. and then this other couple like rolled up kind of late and they couldn't even get a seat so they were kind of lying with their towels semi-wet like because the the tide was coming at them that's how small the beach was such limited space and they were laughing and they were making out and they they were having more fun far more fun than me with my nice chair and my perfect spot getting there early and I'm like the joke once again is on me it's hilarious because we can
0: all remember being in like the most quintessential perfect. You're in Hawaii, you're at your son's bar mitzvah, you bar mitzvah, wherever, whatever it is, everything's perfect, but you're so upset because somebody looked at you funny or your shoes are hurting. And like that's all you can think about. And it reminds me of when my husband and I were first dating and we flew to Florida so he would meet my parents for the first time. And I wanted that, even though I grew up in Boca, I wanted to take him to South Beach because I was like, "Oh, I want you to see Miami because Miami is actually cool." So yeah. I knew that we only had one night that we weren't doing family stuff. So I said, "Great, this is the, you're you're going to think Florida's actually cool. I'm going to show you a cool part of Florida." What happens? We get in the car and we get on 985. and when it rains in Florida, it it can literally pour. Like the sky mm-hmm. can open up and like if you. <laughs> you live in other parts of the country, you've never really seen this, but it can rain that you literally can't see in front of you. So it's not safe to be on the freeway. So we're on the freeway. It's like one of those torrential tropical rains. We couldn't see. It wasn't safe. So I'm like,
2: damn it. I want to
0: get to Miami. So we say, okay, you know, we'll take the streets, you know, which is like going to make it not an hour drive, but like an hour and a half drive. We get on the streets. It's still really, really hard to see. And it's like not driving eight blocks. It's driving Mm. a long time. So I just start crying. I'm so upset. I'm so frustrated. What are the odds of this? I mean, yes, it happens, but it doesn't happen all the time. And now we can't even make it there. So we have to turn back around. We wind up turning back around. We pull off on Las Olas Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. The only restaurant for whatever reason at that time that was open was a Hooters. So we don't go because it's like <laughs> so lame. Like Fort Lauderdale is not Miami. I wanted it. Not that there's not nice parts of Fort Lauderdale because there are, but this one little yeah. part. And I'm in the car and I'm so upset. And he reaches over and he holds my hand and he goes, I don't care what we're doing. Mm. I just want to be with you. Isn't the whole point to be together? So it doesn't matter if we're in the car and we can't find a place to go and it's raining, or if we're sitting at that perfect hotel in South Beach. We just want to be together. And I just was hysterical. I cried so hard because I felt so unconditionally loved. Mm -hmm. And he was so right. It was like, why was I making it so much harder when none of that actually mattered? And I'll never forget that rainstorm. We wound up going back. We just went to our hotel. We ordered room service. He made Mm -hmm. me laugh
1: so hard while I was ordering the food. (laughs) (laughs) Lola's so, but you see what I mean? you see his wisdom in that moment it's like the happy moment is there like we just weren't tuned into it at that in that specific yeah. you know I mean it, truly like happiness is the goal of every other goal right the reason you want to go to the beach is so you'll be happy at the beach right the reason you you know maybe yeah, want to boat them. or you want a relationship is you're like I'll be happy when I have that relationship I'll be happy when I have that car boat, whatever it is so like you know why can't you just skip the middleman like, and like, and be happy. And then also see how much you also get to attract from that place.
0: Yeah, Joe Dispenza says, why would you wait for something to happen so that you could have the emotional payoff of that thing? Mm. Instead of just giving yourself right now, the emotional payoff, whether you want to feel more joy or gratitude or connection. So, so have it. You mean, it's not dependent on something to happen to me. You mean, I actually can feel good right now
1: Susie, i don't think people get that i don't think we really understand that that's probably the biggest realization of my life like that that power like that decision that ability to tune into how good life really is like i don't have regret because i had to go through what i had to go through to learn what i've learned but um if i did go back if i if i if there were a rewind i would have enjoyed a lot more and look I still had fun I did my things you know social blah 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 but I would have worried less sometimes I used to think like this is the hard part of the memoir that I'm in the better parts coming but like look at anybody when they talk about their early days their early struggles there is joy there right there is like there's pride in those moments and I remember you know when we first moved to New York I didn't have a job I I had to wait for work authorization we had a five-floor walk-up apartment it was $18.50 a month and it was a lot for us like we had to I would walk three extra blocks to get the blueberries or $1 off. I'm very good at living on very little. Though. I've been trained this way. Right. But I remember thinking like, I just need to get a job. I just, I just, I just, I just, and I'm like, I would have enjoyed that walk to blueberries. I would have enjoyed the cold weather. I would have been like opened my eyes to New York without thinking I can relax as soon as I have money, you know, like, so truly like, what can we just be allowing in? Because it doesn't affect the outcome in a negative way. We think if I relax in, I'm just, I'm going to lose my edge. Nothing will happen. I've got to suffer. but. Yeah. It's just simply not true. When I was in college, I was a theater major at Florida State, which has a great mm-hmm. theater program. And then of course I quit the
0: theater program. But in any case, Alan Ball, who went to our school, wrote a movie called American Beauty. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote a TV show. He also wrote Six Feet Under. He wrote a, He's done a bunch of very successful things. And he was talking to us at this point in his career where he already had all of this success. And he said, I just want you to know that there was a time in my life when I was living in New York city, I didn't even have a mattress. I slept on the floor and I I lived in this walk up above a bar and I woke up every day for my dream. I Mm -hmm. wrote pages and pages of things. Some were good. Some weren't. And I truly can say I was happier then, Mm -hmm. than I am now. And he said, and now the phone rings all the time. Anything I want to work on gets greenlit and I'm really grateful for it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I was really happy sleeping on that floor. And then he said that the whole reason he wrote this movie, American beauty, which a lot of us have now seen, cause it was a mm-hmm. very popular, successful movie with Annette Benning and all the rest. Anyway, he said, I wrote that movie because I was sitting in front of the world trade center at the time that was still a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he said, there was all these people rushing in and out of that, that office building, just, you know, people were so serious and they were so busy. And I was sitting on this little bench eating a sandwich and there were all these beautiful fall leaves and they were just kind of dancing right then in the wind. And there was a plastic bag that got kind of caught in this like windy leaves. And I kept looking to see if anybody else saw how beautiful this fall was this, this moment. And nobody saw it. Mm. And so he said, that was actually the moment I wrote this movie, American Beauty, about this perfect suburban upscale neighborhood Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: inside everybody is really actually struggling. And then there's this one kid with a camera. Mm. And so now if you go back and see it, he sees this plastic bag and I
1: remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I I get
0: chills thinking about that, Susie, because that just really is a depiction
1: of everything that you're talking about? It really is. not I remember in that movie at the end, I mean, there are no give us, like, spoilers here. That's an old movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're all it. <laughs> yeah.
1: But at the end, I know, uh, you know, when like the lead character dies, like Kevin Spacey, on his way out, he's like, he realizes this. I'm so grateful for every moment of my stupid little life. And I just thought, Whoa. like how much at the end, like this is how we regret proof our life, Kathy, right? This is by living this, noticing the plastic bags, looking at the rain, I mean, even just rain on a window, like to celebrate simplicity, to look everything that you have, like everything that just surrounds us. It's all temporary. And to to miss it is like the, the greatest tragedy. And it's so easy to do. Like that's the easiest thing to do. You just brought tears to my eyes and I don't know why we're going off on movies, but just
0: (laughs) one more example is if anybody saw the movie soul, which is a Disney Pixar movie came out last year, we watched it on Christmas day. And again, if you've seen it good, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to skip to the next 15 seconds, but in the end of the movie, after this, I call him a kid, but he's a man. He Mm -hmm. wanted to be a jazz musician and he gets a chance to go back he gets the chance after this whole thing, he gets a chance to do his life. And he has this total knowing that the most magical things was like eating the slice of pizza mm-hmm. and sitting on his dad's lap. Because your soul, your soul
1: yeah. can't do that. Your soul can't do that. Your soul can't no. taste chocolate ice cream. Your soul can't oh. intimacy with oh, another geez. person, right? It's our physical temporary bodies in this time space, right? So... Oh, like my only job is to enjoy myself.
0: Oh, Susie Moore, you're such Ah. a gift. Um, Two more things as we're kind of rounding this out. Mm-hmm. one of the things that you talk about all the time and you talk about it again, I'm glad that you put this again in the book because it's something that you say that nobody else really talks about. Qualifications aren't everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And I,
0: even though we've talked about this, when you've been on the show before, we can't talk about it enough. And mm-hmm. I just want you to remind everybody why that's also something you do not need to consume your life stressed about <laughs> it actually doesn't
2: matter.
1: It's so interesting, this isn't it? It's kind of like you can see why qualifications seem like they're everything with our pursuit of always wanting to feel like we're enough. But I can tell you, Kathy, I've worked with so many people who are the most qualified at the highest levels. Um, and they still they still want more. They still think there's another level, there's a new you know, acquisition of something. And I think that if you're here, you're qualified. Like if you're alive, you're qualified. I've always just kind of known this. I've just known this. Like if I'm here. Like the qualifications are for other people, maybe who don't trust me yet, maybe if that like, that could be the thing. But if I show up and if I'm myself, like you qualify yourself by living your life, (laughs) you know, and I I see, you know, a lot of procrastinators, people thinking they need this, they need that. You just need a, okay, I'm doing it. You just need that. You just need that like ounce of just courage, like the ounce of I'm gonna go for it and 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 try the thing, like move forward, you know, with the thing. And qualifications are great. Yes, if there's nothing anti that, you know, certainly do what feels good, like trust yourself. But if you're if you're alive, you're qualified. Like and and the way that we become qualified is the way that we become experts is through giving, right? And by showing up and being generous. That's how by making other people's lives better, that qualifies us more than anything else, more than anything we can do by studying alone in a room somewhere a hundred
0: percent and that's what I wanted to end the podcast with which is the last thing you talk about in the book which is be a light for others Mm -hmm. and I love that you end it there as if that's what it was all leading to right Mm -hmm. and and that really is the epitome of what you just were saying that you're here to serve and everyone's qualified to serve so let's stop making it that we're not, and let's just actually go be a light for others. That is why we're here. And that is what really actually feels so good. Mm -hmm. So what did you mean by putting that at the end of the book? And what does that mean to you to be a light for others?
2: Mm.
1: Well, along the journey to learning anything, I think we always realize that all the lessons we learn and the wisdom we acquire is always to be given away, right? It's, we can't, to hold what we've learned. I mean, it's a tragedy, right? So I think to myself, I can write books and I can create YouTube videos and do my thing and talk about all the things that you can do to make your life better. Right. And that would be fine. Right. I'm sure that there'd be some people who'd like it, but isn't me living in an easy, gentle, self-compassionate way, the most generous thing that I can do? like to be demonstrative of everything I speak, right? So to be easy on myself, to have a good time, to prioritize my pleasure, to prioritize, you know, what feels good for me. When you live that way, everyone is like, what's your secret? Why are you always so happy? And- No, right. I'm a human being, not always happy. Right. But I can tell you that by choosing it a lot of the time and by being conscious and by questioning my stress and allowing a lot of good feelings to happen spontaneously, constantly, uh, that is generous. That's a generous way to be in the world. And if you can allow in ease and you can show up differently because you have this, let it be easy philosophy, like active within you, then it, it elevates every place you go. Like everyone you meet is touched by it. Everyone wants like, they're like, wow, there can be another way. So when you're proof, when you're living it, when you know that you're you maybe rejecting some of what the world tells you you need to do or how you need to feel or how stressed out you need to be, that is the gift, like your very own presence and experience. And you can't fool the people. Like we can talk about it. Like we can say all the right things and do all the right things. But when we Truly allow ease, and we allow a gentle, a gentler, kinder, more loving way of just being with ourselves in the world, uh, then the world has changed.
0: That could be the most incredible acceptance speech for any president. I mean, what you just said would change the entire world. We wouldn't really need much of anything anymore if we really heard that. Like, that is my political agenda, what you just Mm -hmm. said. Because Mm -hmm. how much would that completely stop? the madness mm-hmm. and turn everything, spin everything into gold. The last thing that it leaves me with, which is something I want you to address if you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think at the end of the day, cause you've made such a brilliant case for this. And you are, like I said, at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it all the time, you're so genuine and you're so loving that it's so easy to receive what you have to say cause that's your energy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And still- I think at the end of hearing this or reading this book, there might be a little voice that feels as though, but I don't feel worthy of being happy. Mm -hmm. And it, I, my, my, you know, voice breaks and cracks when I say it, because a, it's part of why I do everything I do Mm -hmm. is to tell people that you do not have to earn that. Right. And it's because I saw that so much in my home growing up where people around me Who am I to be happy? And I think we're so hard on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we finally, summing all of this up, console and love that part of us enough into life so that we will actually give ourselves the permission
1: to let this be easy? Mm. you're right you know who am I to be happy I'm not worthy of being happy there's so much I have to do or hustle for or create or approval I need first do you think I'm not worthy of being happy try it anyway (laughs) (laughs) try it anyway if it's uncomfortable stick with it and don't take my word for it right try it anyway like, like uh, allow it even momentarily, see what happens, see how your body responds and see if that feels like truth. See if that feels like truth, because in our most loving moments, when we connect with others, when we laugh, when we see something that feels really serious and heavy and we question it and we go, maybe it's not that bad. That relief that we feel, the lightness that we feel, the coming back to ourselves that we feel, that's the truth. And the truth, uh, there's this old expression, St. Augustine said this, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just let it out and it defends itself. So try. brilliant,
0: Susie Moore. Oh, it was such a pleasure to get to bask in the angel that is you. And, and I'm so grateful that God spent extra time giving you everything you are. You could power the whole world just with your heart. Really
1: I feel the same way about you, Kathy. You, I'm so happy you are.
0: No. you are. So, okay. We are going to um, now tell them where they can follow you, where they can get this book. Yes. And then I'm going to remind them about the free hangout on zoom that we're going to be doing for anybody who buys the book. Um, it's going to um, be in just a couple of weeks. We'll be hanging out. We'll be doing some Q and A. You can ask Susie questions. You can ask me questions. We'll be doing some on the spot coaching. It's a party. And, yeah. The link, for, the link for that is.
1: Letitbeeasybook.com forward slash Kathy. Kathy with a C as we all know. So letitbeeasybook.com forward slash Kathy.
0: Okay. So go get your book and then go to letitbeeasybook.com forward slash Kathy. And you guys can come to this. That'll be your ticket to this hangout. Plus. <laughs> tell them where they can go buy the book and tell them where they can go follow you.
1: Yes, let it be easy. It's available everywhere books are sold. And for more fun, accessible confidence resources, you can just head to my site, Susie more dot ecom Susie, thank you. <gasps> Kathy, I love you. Thank you. Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, every time I'm with you, I actually do have that thought. This is so easy.
0: Is there a way that I can just do this? Um, but it makes it just so all the more delicious when you're here. So thank you for coming. This was awesome. Ah, I love Susie so much. I wish I could shout it from the highest mountain. Here are the takeaways. Number one, no one can do this for you. You have to allow yourself to be happy. Number two, the best moments, creative ideas, and inventions happen when you're having fun. Number three, confidence is the willingness to be uncomfortable doing things that you're not comfortable with right away. Discomfort is part of growth. Being uncomfortable is expected if you want to do big things. Number four, the corner of the world that you touch is entirely up to you. We forget how much power we have. So much is up to us. Number five, most people are pursuing a happy life, but life is actually a string of happy moments. The joy is now. Number six, your only job is to enjoy yourself. Number seven, if you're here and you're alive, you're qualified. You qualify yourself by living your life. And number eight, your presence alone and experience is the gift. All the lessons we learn and wisdom we acquire is to be given away. Okay. Now let's celebrate some of our awesome alumni. So Christine said, when you do the hard work and follow Kathy's guidance, you will be successful. I have put everything in our Lord's hands and he has blessed me abundantly. I achieved $5,000 per month. My paint night reservations began coming in one month before the paint nights, which began on September 22nd. So since September 22nd, I have now made over $8,000 just from the paint nights alone. Oh my gosh. I love this idea of paint nights. So she says, I'm so excited to be expanding my studio into the online paint night experience in January with a membership to follow. Thanks again for the amazing experience with the made to do this class and the TLC membership. Ugh, oh, this is so good. Christine, this is incredible. I want to give you a million high fives. You should be so, so proud of yourself for having the courage to put out your offer. And I bet those people are having a ton of fun at your paint nights. We gave Christine a shout out not too long ago, and she's already made so much progress, which just goes to show you that you can truly move mountains in just a few short months. Go give Christine some love. She's on Instagram at Christine Dion Artist and at the underscore joyful underscore art underscore garden. I can never say it enough. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this show. We have some incredible guests coming up. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you know someone who you think would be so inspired by Susie, or so inspired by any of the other episodes that we've had, then text them the episode, share the episode, or go ahead and post the episode on your Instagram and tag me and tag Susie. And I will repost some of those. And I'll also say thank you in our DMs. I hope to see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll be hanging out with Susie live on Zoom for a little over an hour. If you want to get the link to that, you can DM me on Instagram. We'll send you the link. I'm at kathy.heller on Instagram. And if you want to be part of that, all we ask you to do is go buy Susie's book, you can get that at let it slash Kathy. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
2: I don't mind the cold, I got you And now I like the because I take-